재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 It is now time for our final segment of the week, News Digest. This is where we take a look back at some of the uh, top stories, important issues, and get some analysis. And we have joining us our very good friend from Kyung-hee University Law Professor Song Se-ryan, who has been uh, providing some great analysis on these topics. Professor Song, as always, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, good to be here. Thank well, you. our first story is something that occurred over the weekend uh, last week, uh, these massive of uh, labor protests. We had a bunch of different unionists, other activists. Uh, they didn't like the labor reforms. They also didn't like the uh, potential revision of history textbooks. And uh, as things often get with these kind of protests, um, violence ensued. The police um, were trying to crack down. The vi- some of the uh, protesters also may have become a little bit unruly. But one of the major controversies And the things that have become viral are some of these video depictions of uh, protesters being fired upon by these very powerful water cannons. Uh, One Mm -hmm. elderly man uh, essentially losing consciousness uh, after being battered, his head hitting the the concrete uh, being after being fired by water cannons. So water cannons as an issue. Politicians getting involved now. uh, Jin Sun-mi of the NPD uh, submitting a bill to limit its use. First, as far as this proposed legislation uh, goes, can you give us a basic gist of it? Right. Um, the the proposed bill uh, addresses two points. One is the use of uh, uh, bus buses or cars, vehicle as a blockade, and the other is use of water cannons. Uh, because of what happened to, to the one of the protesters, um, the, the the proposed bill intends to prohibit the use of the the car as a blockade in the first place. And the use of water cannons, there are detailed restrictions as to when they can be used. Uh, the bill uh, is intended to say that the water cannons cannot be used until it escalates into a serious public disturbance and they cannot use a certain uh, the level of water pressure and so on and so forth. So it's a, it's a detailed prescription of the water cannons. Is there explicitly right now uh, in the legal code any, any instructions of how police are allowed to use water cannons? Well, in the re- relevant law, laws, you, you can use the water cannons, uh, but there's no detailed uh, prescription as to when and how it, it should be used. It's only the internal rules of the police that has guidelines on the water pressure. As we've said, uh, unfortunately, and uh, although this one has garnered attention because the scale of this protest was the biggest since those 2008 uh, anti-U.S. beef protests, uh, which mm-hmm. numbered around 100,000, they say about maybe 70,000 uh, this past weekend, we can expect more uh, protests to ensue. But it's a gross generalization, Professor Song, but normally you expect that the NPAD or any uh, Democratic or left of center party will be more on the side of the protesters that are protecting their rights. And the ruling party generally tends to be more on the side of law and order, right, uh, as far right. as uh, maintaining um, decorum, uh, maybe uh, harsher crackdowns. And we're kind of seeing this play out. The uh, Senate chairman, Kim Musong, has said, okay, look, all that stuff aside with the water cannons, we need to stop these protesters wearing masks. Uh, what is his position? Well, his position is that we have to rule out this illegal rallies. Uh, they're escalating into uh, violence, and 
there, there are some ample evidence that there, there was a, uh, metal pipes were, were used and uh, they're trying to, the protesters are trying to capsize the bus using the ropes and, and there, there were attempts to set buses on fire. So I, I think it's undeniable that uh, at some point that this protest has turned into a little bit violent and, and illegal. And his point was that, well, around the world, there are countries that uses the anti-mask law to kind of dis, uh, discourage people from uh, being violent and I mean, keeping people from uh, too emboldened behind the anonymity, anonymity uh, to use violence. And in, in fact, that there are anti-mask laws around uh, around the world: France, Germany, uh, Switzerland, Australia, Denmark, and a lot of states in the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. case, particularly because of the Ku Klux Klan uh, kind of fiasco, they have this anti. Uh, mask laws in some 15 states. Now, it's a difficult issue, and uh, I think the accusation from the conservative side is the uh, idea of professional protesters, right? Even with the original candlelight vigils with the U.S. beef, maybe it right. was started with a group of students, but they feel it was usurped by these so-called rabble-rousers who were kind of exploiting it for their own cause. That being mm-hmm. said, we've got this Pengnangi bill, we have the uh, facial mask ban proposal, and Protest culture here is important in the sense that it really did, uh, it is credited with helping to usher in the age of democracy for modern Korea. Uh, what do you make of these dueling bills and what do you think is going to happen? In my point of view, I think these are the political squabbles that uh, comes after something that's happened. It is unfortunate that uh, Mr. Peng Nam-gi got injured. Uh, he, he is a professional kind of protester all his life. He he has uh, endeavored to uh, kind of uh, promote his cause. So I- I- in this sense, you have to kind of look at the issue and say whether there, there is any uh, serious uh, abridgment on the right to have a peaceful assembly and have protests. I don't think that is an issue. Uh, the question is whether uh, there was a violent protest in the first place if yes, then whether the police measure to counter against it has been excessive or was adequate uh, commensurate to kinds of violence that has been exhibit- exhibited. Uh, centering on the issue of, of course, the use of water cannons. I don't think the use of water cannon itself is not a problem, uh, but um, in, in this case, uh, probably if Mr. Peck sues the government, probably it's for the negligence uh, whether they've been using it uh, according to the internal guidelines and whether that caused his injury. I, I think that overall, the, whether, although it is unfortunate that there was an injury, um, I think this has to be addressed, uh, that the, the peaceful uh, protest has to be uh, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And if so, then uh, there, there has to be some fine-tuning as to how the government goes about yeah. The, the, the countermeasuring uh, this. And I, I think it's just a, a posturing on either side. I, I don't see the quite, the, the, the plausibly the, the, the NPEDS attempt to pass this bill to limit the use of water cannons uh, using so many detailed prescriptions of it. And the anti-mask law, although it, it is 
uh, somewhat common. Uh, I, I think there would be a serious repercussions, yeah. and especially in Korea. It's too politically Korea. sensitive right now. To, right. Yeah. My easy argument would be, I have a common cold. I need to protect myself. I need to use the mask. And are you telling me that I cannot sure. protest under these conditions? <laughs> It's just too messy. It's a very good point indeed. Our next story is somewhat related as well. One of the figureheads, I suppose, of all of these uh, protests is uh, the leader of the left-wing KCTU, Korea Confederation of Trade Unions, uh, considered the more uh, radical or the uh, more uh, progressive of the uh, two major umbrella unions. He is mm -hmm. right now hiding out at Joge Buddhist temple. Uh, the temple is trying to decide whether they shall extend Han Sang-gyun's stay. Um, what is the temple's decision right now as far as trying to mediate for him with the government? Right. Apparently, there's a mediation committee in, in the temple, and the committee itself has uh, accepted the request for the mediation. But that does not mean that the temple itself uh, has uh, made a decision on whether to extend Uh, the stay or the protection on Han Sang-gyun. Uh, they probably have to wait until the head of the temple comes back from the overseas trip. Uh, but uh, Han Sang-gyun is uh, there, and uh, the, the temple has been put into the, the serious dilemma in, in this case. Uh, on one hand, there is a tradition and uh, probably the intention of the, the, the temple to provide some sanctuary for those people who are unfairly Uh, oppressed or prosecuted. And that tradition is pretty strong uh, in Korea, not only in Joge Temple, but also uh, uh, Myeongdong Cathedral. But on the other hand, uh, he has been known, uh, Han Sang-gyun has been known to kind of incite the violence. And uh, in, the, in this time around, the, the protest doesn't seem to be rising to the level of uh, nationwide Uh, issues that Joge can kind of weigh in on. Mm -hmm. So, and also there, there's another fact that the Joge Temple is preparing for a, a, a project that requires a lot of uh, collaboration with the government, the city government and the national government. So they're trying to be kind of. Okay. They'll walk on the kind of thin line as to what kind of decisions they have to make. Well, it's. As you say, there's a long-running tradition all over the world, uh, whether it's like Notre Dame Cathedral or Myeongdong Cathedral, Jogye Temple, where uh, people who are dissidents, uh, who mm -hmm. have a legitimate beef and are fearful for their security, will claim sanctuary in one of these uh, institutions. Now, Jogye Temple, you say they're in a dilemma. Can you differentiate the case of the uh, Corel Union Vice President Park Taeman back in 2013? He also, uh, I suppose, inspired these major protests. Some of those uh, somewhat turned um, violent. Why is this case and uh, Han Sang-yoon's case different? Uh, I think that back then, Corel case has a kind of a national scale issue of privatization and the impact of that to uh, welfare of the w workers. So uh, in essence, there, there is a, a kind of urgent need for a dialogue, mediation uh, from the all parties. So uh, I think it was natural for the, the temple uh, to say that, well, we, we can be in the middle to uh, do a mediation. But in this case, it, it's uh, the question of a violent uh, protest. And it doesn't go to the question of whether the protest or the assembly right has been abridged or not. So I, I think the Joga mm. Temple uh, doesn't want to be in the side of the violence. Yeah. And on, on the other hand, uh, they're saying that even if they kind of extend their 
their courtesy of providing the sanctuary and the mediation service. The the issue itself is too complex. Mm. Uh, it goes to the Sewol uh, ferry uh, cause and also the 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 welfare cause of those uh, supposedly oppressed uh, laborers and the youth employment yeah. issues. So in this kind of complex issue, whether this is a good venue for it and uh, whether they can kind of take on this issue probably would be too daunting. Yeah, as you say, a very complex issue indeed. Another complex issue, uh, we had an important ruling uh, by the Supreme Court. Uh, basically, they are saying now that uh, all of these uh, big mega marts, these big retailers who are complaining about being shut down uh, twice a, a month, they basically are stuck with that, and they've sent down that ruling. Uh, why do you think the Supreme Court basically said that um, it's okay for you guys to have your, uh, I suppose, business hours operating rights infringed upon? Uh, this is a very interesting issue because there has been, a, for a long time, this standing issue of uh, kind of balancing between the right to do business, uh, especially falling on the the arguments of the big mega marts and also the kind of a public goods or or the the public justice idea of protecting the small uh, business owners and it's significant that the the supreme court came down on the balance to protect the the small uh, businessmen and uh, the the detail the issue uh, is not very important the detail the issue about the lawsuit was whether the the big mart uh though those the businesses at it the at the lawsuit uh, is supposed to be a mega mart or not and that was the ruling that the appeals court has uh based itself yeah. on but the supreme court just went uh, above and beyond that and said well uh, that issue is not that important because uh, as long as they are registered as a mega mart, uh, we're going to just assume that they are mega marts, and uh, they have to. They are saying they have to consider the public goods issue, public justice issue, uh, the the municipal uh, governments, the interest to protect their mm -hmm. constituents, the small businesses, and they are bringing the argument of the economic democracy in a constitution. Constitution, so we've been wearing, uh, waiting uh, for the courts to say something about economic yeah. democracy and the detailed cases or specific cases deciding that. So uh, they didn't really um, kind of hang their coats uh, exclusively on the economic democracy, but this seems to be one of the cases where we can use uh, going forward. I guess the final question on this then is the implications for the retailers. Is this the final legal say on this? Uh, is the Supreme Court's uh, ruling now basically a fait accompli for the retailers have to grin and bear it? Or do they have, I suppose, any other legal resource if they do want to stay open uh, both of those Sundays a month? Well, uh, because the highest court has said... Uh, uh, rendered this, this decision on this narrow issue of whether they can uh, uh, use these regulations to to close them down. Uh, probably it's the last time uh, to do it, but um, th I, I think their attempts going forward would be to narrowly construe this case. So any other aspects of the big businesses, probably they'll uh, fight tooth and nails because 
um, the, the right to do business is a very important and also a very crucial one for their profit making. Yeah, and so, and if you know good lawyers, they will be able to find some loopholes and to eventually find some maybe creative ways to at least uh, protect their bottom line uh, from their perspective. I'm sure. Final story, again, related to a lot of the stuff we're talking about, and you mentioned this Hell Ferry tragedy. These Hell Ferry operator, Chungheijin Marine, a uh, notorious company by now, the government filed a suit against them uh, trying to reimburse to uh, the victims of the families. Um, just some details on this case, please. Yeah, um, the the government is trying to kind of uh, mobilize a fund uh, to compensate for the several ferry victims. And they're estimating that they're, they, they need um, uh, 18, is that the 1.8 billion? Uh, I guess it comes out to about one point eight trillion one. What's the uh, uh, the one figure? Chan Palbek Parok. That would be about one hundred eighty billion. One hundred eighty billion. Yeah. Right. Uh, in terms of dollar figures, uh, it would be close to one hundred seventy million dollars. One hundred seventy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. We're doing math here. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's late in the evening, I guess. Uh, but what they're trying to do is to seize or provisionally uh, prepare. Uh, the the funds are from the company side and also from the private assets of uh, Mr. Yu Byung Un, who 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 has since passed away, yeah. and they they have uh, provisionally seized the uh, assets of the company in the order of about I guess uh, 150 uh, million won at this point, a million dollars at this point. So uh, the, if they are successful in, in getting some assets complementary from the assets of uh, Mr. Yu byung probably they can uh, do it. And this background is the government will pay out their the, the victim's fund uh, first, and then they're getting the reimbursement yeah. uh, from the company and the families. Bottom line, that agreement that the uh, government made with the uh, family members that money is going to be paid out. And, and we have to point out that for a lot of the family members, it really wasn't about the money. It was really about getting, seeing justice served and seeing what, getting to the root cause of this. But that pushed aside, okay, they have this monetary agreement. The government will pay it out. The question is how much of the burden will the government incur? How much of the burden will this company also incur? Legally speaking, do you believe that they are going to get this? Is the company seemingly financially Solvent, you mentioned the personal fortunes of uh, Yu Byung-un, right? Right. As you mentioned, uh, I, I think part of the family, family's concern or the demand was that the government should be responsible for the parts of it. And the the government's point of view or, or position was that it was a, a fault or the responsibility of the companies to provide the the safety. And the failing that, the company should be uh, responsible for that. And I, I think the, the investigation committee's uh, mission is to look into government's behavior and uh, the processes and procedures to see whether they can kind of puncture a hole as to uh, hold the government responsible. Uh, from my point of view, probably government would uh, not be held responsible for this uh, from a strictly legally speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, as you mentioned, the family's point of view was that not to hold them legally responsible per se, but 
it was kind of a symbolic victory that the government uh, should uh, uh, yeah culpability kind of thing right as far as right right this is a very complex issue as far uh, as we all know that the whole system not only on the government side but the company and the, the, the general public awareness of the safety issue they they all kind of conspired to to precipitate this uh, the disaster so it would be hard to delineate as to what a portion of the responsibility that the the government should bear. Uh, I think, uh, aside from the legal uh, standpoint, everybody should be responsible for uh, this collective disaster. But if you get into the monetary figures, probably government's uh, position is that well, it's a company, and uh, the the captain Ijunsak, of course, they'll they'll be judgment proof yeah. at this point. But the money has to come from the company and the families. Right, and again, it's a situation that, no matter what, especially from the uh, the victims' families' perspective, is uh, there will be no satisfactory conclusion to this, and that is, again, a very unfortunate development. We will have to leave it there, Professor Song. As always, thank you so much for the wonderful analysis. We hope you enjoy your weekend, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. You too. Thank you. Before I say goodbye, Professor Sung mentioned uh, this controversy that people are debating here in regards to the use of water cannons against protesters by the police. Uh, there are some human rights concerns with it. Uh, arguments go both ways, but in the UK, at least, they seem to have settled it uh, once and for all. Their Home Secretary, Theresa May, said basically water cannons should not be used on the streets in England and Wales, saying police in the UK have never and will never uh, hide behind military-style equipment or carry dangerous weapons. The rejection based on concerns after uh, it was found that injuries could cause some fear and panic and maybe even affect the legitimacy of the police in the UK. So we're going to actually talk about that issue in more detail in the UK context uh, with an expert from there and maybe see how it may fit with the Korean context in terms of water cannon usage. Hope you guys tune in for that interview. We hope you enjoy your weekend as well. Enjoy the rest of your evening. My name is Henry Shin. Goodbye.